welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the only podcast offering unfiltered guidance and direct advice for all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank LaRosa. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. I am your host, and I'm coming to you via Zoom, not our studio this time. And today I'm joined again uh, by a previous guest, uh, Dan Presciotti, uh, who is the managing partner for Equity Strategies Group. He's also a uh, Lincoln Financial Networks advisor. And um, for those of you that, hey, Dan, welcome to the show. How you doing? Thank you, Frank. Glad to be back. Yeah, awesome. Doing this via Zoom, uh, given the holiday schedule, it's just easier to do it this way. Um, although we had a great time on our last uh, our last podcast. But for the audience, uh, welcome to the show. Welcome back if you're a current listener. Um, and I asked Dan to come back to the show because the the, the podcast that we did a few weeks ago on um, basically M and A strategy, we we could have went on for hours. Um, so we had to. I think it was one of the longest podcasts I recorded. It was just about an hour or so. You had to cut it short, I think, after 45 minutes, right? Yeah, right. Well, you know, get a couple of Italians in a room. What are you going to do, right? Um, <laughs> but anyway, this this is a t- – so today I wanted to I ask Dan to come back uh, and talk more specifically and really strategically and tactically about um, M&A activity within, within, you know, within your client base, how to have conversations with – your clients, why to have those conversations with those clients. And so, um, you know, we're going to get really tactical here. So if you're, um, if you're in a spot where you can take some notes, you definitely want to take some notes here because Dan's going to give you some information on, on what he's done and how he's grown a really successful business. Again, he has a financial advisor advisory practice, uh, but one of his more successful business is uh, equity strategies group. So maybe Dan, just for the new listeners, maybe miss the original podcast. Just give give everybody a little bit of a background on who you are and um, you know the Lincoln side, but also more importantly the Equity Strategies Group side and how you how you work with clients there. Absolutely, thank you, Frank. So yeah, my practice. Uh, I started life as a, a CPA with PricewaterhouseCoopers. I have long since recovered. Don't do any accounting work whatsoever, but it was great background for what I do now, which is work primarily, almost exclusively, with closely held business owners. And what I do is I help them to design their best exit strategy and then to implement that exit strategy through a national network of investment banks and middle market M&A firms that I've created under Equity Strategies Group. So, you know, I I get uh, calls, uh, I mean, all the time from other financial advisors um, who work with business owner clients who are looking to collaborate or just want to get someone that they can talk to and possibly a connection to an investment bank to help effectuate a transaction if the client is ready and so forth. And, and that's really what I what I do. Uh, I spend most of my, my time with. I kind of look at it from the standpoint of, you know, what percentage of, uh, as a financial advisor, what percentage of your business owner clients are going to exit their business one day? And it's a bit of a trick question, right, Frank? Yeah, it's probably close to 100%, right? They're going to change it one way or another. They're either going to do it on their own accord or they're going to do it unwillingly. Either horizontally or vertically, as I said on the last podcast, every owner is going to exit. So this is an extremely relevant conversation that as advisors, you know, we all need to be having because if they're not talking to us, they're talking to somebody else or they're not having the conversation. And the question is, will their exit be planned or unplanned? Uh, Will they make the best possible choice? 
for themselves, their company, their employees, their family, their community, are they fully informed and aware of the exit options? I find most owners are not. They think it's either, hey, leave it to my kid or sell it. And that's just going to magically happen because some buyer is going to knock on my door one day and pay me 100 times EBITDA. It just doesn't work that way in the real world. So they need to understand that there's a process to make this happen. Um, are they doing all they can to grow and protect their business as they prepare to exit? And as advisors, your listeners are, are in, intuitive and, and smart and understand that exit planning of this nature leads to other financial planning uh, and investment management opportunities because it creates a ton of liquidity and assets to manage. Right. And I think that, um, again, one of the things I keep bringing this topic up because I think that advisors are missing a huge opportunity. Um, and it's, I almost feel like they're, I won't say afraid or uncomfortable, probably more uncomfortable than afraid, how to even broach the topic with a, with a business owner, right? They feel like, well, maybe it's not my place. I don't want to step on the CPA's toes or the attorney's toes. Uh, but you and I were talking uh, before the call and you said you sort of have um, some questions that you sort of ask your, you know, your clients or, or a client um, that sort of start the conversation. So maybe just give some folks, again, get a pencil and paper down. If you're listening to this, if you're listening in the car or whatever, you might want to pull over so you don't get an accident on behalf of advisor talk. You know, we don't want that to happen. Right. Um, but, you know, so that maybe that our listeners have some sense of here are some simple questions that you might want to just throw out there that can then start a conversation. Absolutely. So uh, as I get into the questions, Frank, I think just to put in a little context, let me share what I found over the years in my experience. You know, what are the top reasons why owners sell their business? Right. The first one is they just get tired and burnt out, you know, and I think as financial advisors, financial professionals, we're on the front lines of that. We can kind of sense it as we're meeting with clients, gathering data and having ongoing conversations, you know, where they're sitting there saying it, it, it's really regardless of age. I mean, they, they could be 50, they could be 77, doesn't matter. You know, are they burnt? Are they tired? Do they no longer have the same you know, zest and, and passion for the business. And that's usually when they start thinking about exiting. Sometimes it's they receive an unsolicited offer, right? And our business owner clients, this happens all the time where someone does knock on their door. Now, is it a serious offer? Is it a real offer? That's where we can debate. You know, a lot of times it's just a fishing expedition. But these, this, you know, these constant emails, phone calls, gets the wheels turning and they start thinking about it. And, and we should understand what their thought is there. Um, you know, divorce, life-changing experiences like illnesses, close calls, coming to the realization that maybe the second or third generation, their kids maybe are not up to the task of taking over the business. So here, again, as financial advisors, we are in the front row to all of this action. So, you know, how do you get this conversation conversation started? And, you know, I think the first question is, have you thought about when you want to exit for your business? So time it, right? Have you thought about when? The common answer is five years, right? Why five years? Well, five years suggests it's not urgent. I don't have to do it right now, but, it, you know, it's not 
never going to happen. So the, the typical procrastinating put off is kind of five years. If you get five years, say, well, you know, what if you're not around in five years? Um, what would have to happen for you to accelerate that five years? Or, you know, why, why five? Why not 10 or 20? So there's a, a number of different ways to kind of, you know, play off that question. But I think timing is the first question. Have you thought about when you want to exit? The second question I typically get into is, have you calculated the amount of cash or annual cash flow you will need when you exit to support your preferred lifestyle? So some owners have the number, right? I need 10 million, I need 20 million, I need 100 million, whatever that number is. And whether it's based in fact or fiction or ego, that's kind of to be determined, right? But if that's their number, that's their number. And then the question ultimately becomes, okay, if this is the number they think they need, you know, what is their business really worth? And, and what is that, as we call it, a value gap, right? What is the gap? So, you know, will they be able to satisfy their objectives? Are they going to have to grow the business further? Um, and also, as advisors, it's an opportunity to talk to them about, hey, let's look at, you know, expanding the scope of the engagement, do some cash flow numbers and things of that nature. Third question, we've done sort of timing and we've done value is, well, have you decided to whom you want to transfer your business? Is it going to be internal or external? And the other thing, too, I think important is to pause a lot. Right. Leave a lot of air. You know, I'm talking fast because we're kind of on a podcast and I want to get the information out there. But if this was, you know, Frank, if, if I was interviewing you as a client or a prospect, I would ask these questions and then I would kind of. Yeah. Awkward silence. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want you to fill that space. And and I think that's where as financial professionals, we make such a difference in our clients lives because we're going to ask these questions and we're going to probe. I, I think other advisors, other professionals often try to leap to a solution, maybe without really fleshing out, you know, fleshing out all their clients' thoughts and, you know, emotions. And as you... Well, I think that advisors do that because they almost instinctively, incorrectly, want to show the client that they actually know what they're talking about, right? Hey, I know what I'm talking about, and this is what you should do, right? And that's a huge, huge mistake. Like, it's like a, it's like a being, look, part of, part of being a financial advisor is being a good therapist for your clients, right? And if anyone that's gone to a really good therapist, like I have many a times, um, a good therapist actually doesn't really give you any answers, right? <laughs> they ask really good questions and then they let you talk. They hold up the mirror. They ask follow on questions. They go deeper. Why did you say that? But it's the same thing as being a financial professional dealing with business. And, and quite frankly, business owners often are kind of lonely. They don't have too many people they can talk to this stuff about. You know, can they talk to their spouse, their children, their buddies who are not as as wealthy as them? You know, there's just not too many people they can up to, open up to on this. So, again, I think the financial advisors are in the front row on this. So, you know, so the first question, again, is when timing. Second is how much. The third is you know, to whom? Who are you going to transfer? Is it going to be internal, like family members, key employees, or all your employees at large? 
Or is it going to be an external transfer, you know, like a sale to a strategic buyer or someone in their industry or to a private equity firm? The fourth is, you know how much your business is worth today. So we, you know, kind of know what they want <laughs> or what they need. But now, do you know what your business is worth today? And what I have found is most owners are way off, either really high or sometimes really low in terms of what their business is worth. And maybe they had a valuation or an appraisal done for estate and gift tax purposes or buy sell purposes. That, that's a different animal, right? That's a low value. Here we're looking for, hey, what would a willing buyer actually pay if you went to market? Okay. And what could you do to increase the value of that business? The next question five is, do you even know if your company is marketable? Give you an example. I had a client years ago. They did 90% of their business was with Sony. Okay. Think about that customer concentration. If Sony decided to go in-house or go elsewhere, what happened to my client's business? And they told me, oh, no, we've got a great relate. Is it contract? No, a handshake. But yeah, they love us. Well, fast forward, Sony went elsewhere and the business blew up, okay? Or, or vendor concentration. I get all my metal from China, you know? Uh, look what happened to the supply chain during the pandemic. You know, do clients have diversified customer bases, uh, diversified supplier uh, sources, you know, so it, there, there's certainly business risk that comes along with this. So is that business even marketable? Yeah. What about like management team exposure? Like when I when I go through valuations, I, I look at that also. You know, is there, you know, who makes all the who makes all the decisions? If you're not there, what happens? Right. Is it owner dependent? Is, is the business 100 percent Frank? And if Frank's not there, then there, there's no, you know, what, what, what would somebody be buying? So is the business even marketable? Okay. Yeah. And I don't, I don't mean liquidation value. Can you get the value that you, you want and deserve? Six is, have you ever received an offer to sell your business? And what happened? Right. As I said, they're constantly getting these quote unquote offers. Right. Well, did you sign a non-disclosure agreement? Did you get a letter of intent? Did you provide financial statements whether your attorneys and accountants or an investment banker involved? So tell me about this offer that you received. And a lot of times it's, well, you know, someone at the industry dinner mentioned, hey, Dan, if you're ever thinking about selling, give me a call. I mean, you know, so and how can they even make an offer if you haven't gone through a process? And for God's sake, don't put a price tag on it, because now you just put a ceiling on what they're going to be willing to pay. Right. So but I think that's a conversation as financial professionals that we want to have with our clients. Have you ever received an offer? Well, gee, what happened? You know, what what next? Where, where, where do you see that going? OK. Are you still in touch with that party? You know. Do you know how to realize maximum value? Are you familiar with the competitive auction method of selling a business? Right. So if I sell to my competitor down the street, chances are. That's not the highest price, right? They want my customers. They want my employees. They want my trucks. They're not going to pay me a premium price. The best way to get a premium price is to hire an investment banker, run through a process, create a, an intelligent buyer list, including industry strategic buyers, as well as private equity buyers, 
and have a third party who's unemotional and who's an expert in negotiating and maintaining confidentiality run this competitive auction process where they create, in essence, a bidding, a bidding war. That's how you maximize value. That's how you get the best terms, i.e. most cash at closing, you know, less of a note. And that's how you also maximize the tax structure so that you pay the least amount of income taxes. Okay. So ask your clients, well, you know, if you want to want to sell your business, do you know how to go about maximizing value? Do you know, do you know of a process to maximize value? And that's something that, you know, at Equity Strategies Group, we bring to the table. The other one I always ask is, you know, do you know how to sell your business and minimize taxes? Um, I have a client who sold his business. His CPA firm told him he owed $4 million in taxes. That's the number he gave me. I asked for more data. And now the account says, oh, um, you owe $6 million. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a little bit too late. And this is a client who was a little bit of a do-it-yourselfer. Do he was a minority right. shareholder. He didn't have control. He should have had an investment banker, but I think he wound up paying $2 million more in income taxes than he, than he could have or, or should have had to pay. So that's a problem. Um, and the last step, uh, the last question I asked, number nine, is what steps have you taken to exit your business when you're ready? So what steps have you taken? What have you done to prepare? You know, are you, you know, doing everything you can to retain your key people to make sure all your systems and processes are documented, that your customer and supplier bases are, you know, diversified, that your company is not dependent on you. You know, are you taking any steps? And it tells you kind of where they are, you know, in terms of their mindset. Okay. But I think it starts out with the, the, the simple question of, you know, what is your exit strategy? What is your timing? What are you thinking about? You know, to whom do you want to transfer the business to? What's your value expectation? How much do you need in order to support your preferred lifestyle? And then there's other nuanced questions. And a lot of this information is available on myequitystrategiesgroup.com or if somebody wants to you know, reach out to me, I can provide multiple scripts and you know, data questionnaires and everything else. We spent a lot of time on this topic. One of the questions that comes to mind for me is, you know, what do you, what is your plan after retirement, have you thought about what happens? Uh, I say retirement, but have you thought about what you're going to do if you were to sell your company, right? Um, that could get them to start thinking about their time horizon in a more realistic, you know, the five-year thing. If the, if the client's 62 years old, he's like, well, 67, five years. I don't know. I don't know if I want to be home that much or play golf that much or whatever, right? And you start thinking about that. And then all of a sudden, maybe they're like, yeah, maybe 10 years is probably the better time horizon. Yeah, that, that's a great point, Frank, and something that's so critically important. You know, what, what, what is, what's life going to look like when you're no longer the owner of ABC Company? Because so much of their identity and their personal sense of worth is wrapped up in that company. What's it going to look like? How are you going to fill your, you know, days and weeks and months and years and feel productive and fulfilled? Um, I, 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 I've noticed recently what a lot of owners look to do when they sell their business is start another business. Yeah. Sort of like, now they can't compete with, you know, they sign non-competes when they sell their business. So it, it, and another thing I've advised clients to do, we're, you know, a perfect example right now, a company is in building materials and they have a couple of different entities. And I said to them, well, 
you know, what do you want to do post-exit? Well, I think I still want to knock around and still be in the business and da 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 Well, why don't you keep that one small division? Keep a simple kind of fun, uncomplicated business that you can still play with and run on a part-time basis. Sometimes they'll keep the real estate, obviously, and they'll continue to be a landlord, but that doesn't take a lot of time. So, you know, the questions then become about hobbies and sports and, you know, charitable and do they want to get involved in philanthropy? You know, if there's that many dollars involved, but yeah, that that's a critical piece and something that should be discussed well in advance of, of going to market, let's say, and selling the business because uh, the likelihood of uh, a seller getting cold feet or having seller's remorse when the deal is closed goes up dramatically when they don't have, you know, as you said earlier, Frank, someone to sit them down on the couch <laughs> and talk about, you know, what their life is going to look like when they're no longer a, an owner of that company. So they forget that, um, you know, I, I see that when business owners sell, um, I think what people don't realize is for most business owners that have built successful businesses, there's a point in time where it's not about the money anymore, right? It's about the chase. It's about the build. It's about the excitement of building something, doing something, new systems, new processes, all the things are exciting. And I think that if you look at, if you talk to a client and you think it's a zero sum game, meaning, okay, you're going to sell and that's it. And that's the only thing you're going to be talking about. You're missing a huge component of what's going on in that business owner's head, right? Um, and I think it's interesting from a perspective of a financial advisor, if you're a W-2 advisor and you listen to this podcast, you have to, it, it might might be a little bit hard for you to understand that because you're not necessarily a business owner, right? You're a practitioner, which is great. But you have to try to put yourself in the in the in the mindset of if you if you were running your own business, like what would you be thinking about? Um, because the the advantage of an independent financial advisor is they're running their own business, and so they can have a a little bit of a different engaged conversation, right? Like if I'm talking to a business owner, I can have a totally different conversation. Like, hey, this is what I'm doing for my succession plan, and this is what I'm doing for my you know owner risk. What are you doing for your owner risk, or you know all of those types of things. And so it's really, um, it's why I think this is a good call because I want, I want all financial advisors to be thinking about this, but specifically, I'll say a warning or whatever, but, um, to, to the W2 advisors, um, you have to change the lens at which you look at your, your clients. You have to look at it from not the dollars and cents component of it, but they're business owners for a reason. Right. And they do it every single day. They they make the decisions. They get up early. It's all they think about 24-7. And it's more than just sell your business for $50 million and then let me invest the money. That's one piece of their life. And so it's these questions that you have to dig deeper on because the advisor, and, I, and I'm sure Dan, you can get into this a little bit, but the advisor that has that more in-depth conversation with the client or prospect, right? Really prospect, client, whatever, um, is probably the one that's going to, that that the that the client prospect is going to lean on because they, quote unquote, get them. We all want to become that trusted advisor. We want to be that go-to resource that our clients depend on. And such an opportunity to make a difference in that business owner's life because 
I, I had a business owner very recently say to me after he sold his business, he says, Dan, you know, I love building my company. Just 30, 40 years, it was my life. And I enjoy accumulating wealth. The guy's always buying real estate and flipping and doing stuff. I mean, he just loves, like you said, Frank, he loves the hunt. He loves the deal. He says, but I'm just not good at managing my wealth. I don't know how. I'm not experienced. And I'm sure a lot of your listeners who work with business owners, aside from the 401k and the profit sharing plan, the qualified money, most closely held business owners don't have a huge portfolio of marketable securities. I think that's a fair statement. But but when they sell their business now, they're converting the largest asset they own to cash. And at 60, 70 years old, they are literally like babes in the woods. They're inexperienced at managing that kind of money. And it makes them very uncomfortable. They don't want to make a mistake. And they're going to have voices coming at them from every direction telling them what to do. So, you know, to your point, Frank, it's the one who brought them to the dance, the advisor who has the conversation about how they're going to exit and the value they're going to get. And how do you go through a process to maximize value and minimize taxes? And, hey, I'm going to be here with you, you know, in, in the seat next to you on this roller coaster of a journey. Of, of getting through an exit and actually consummating a transaction. And I'm going to help you now with this daunting task of managing these assets. And, and it, it is a burden to these owners because they've never had millions of dollars of liquidity to have to think about. Yeah, and they're also getting into a, into a, into a dialogue and a conversation in an area that they are not experts in. Right in their space, they're experts. They know it. They live and breathe it. Now all of a sudden, they're having to make some big decisions, and really leaning on somebody else because they don't know. You know, like you said, they don't know the space. They don't know. Uh, maybe they haven't had that kind of money in the. You know, they might have money, but not that kind of wealth. Analogy: They're petrified of. You know, who's going to take their money? Who do I trust? You know, it's 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 a burden for them. And then also to tie it all together with the estate plan and everything else, um, you know, they're looking for that that one trusted advisor, that go-to person that they can trust, that they can open up to, who can then help them coordinate among the other advisors on the team, speak their language, and act as a catalyst to get things done. And then they have peace of mind, and now they can go enjoy but until they get through the exit process, close, figure out how to minimize taxes and manage this money, now they can move forward and enjoy the rest of their lives. If I'm a financial advisor, I'm listening to this podcast, I'm thinking like, hey, this sounds awesome. And I have uh, I have four or five clients in my book of business that I know are business owners. How do I even start a conversation? Like I get you gave me the 10, you know, 10 questions to ask. But I'm afraid. I don't know if I am. If I'm stepping, you know, stepping beyond my, um, you know, my 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 pay grade or whatever. But how do you suggest an an advisor even open up a conversation about this with a business owner that maybe they've never really talked about it with the financial advisor before? Yes, I, I Frank, I, I go back to those questions. You know, what 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 is your exit strategy? What's your timing? How much do you need? So on and so forth. Um, certainly so just flat out ask the client when they're, when, when they're on a conversation, they're talking about their, they're doing a quarterly review, just ask them, Hey, 
you know, yeah, yeah. So your how do you strategy? Money into it? Yeah, yeah. So I guess to role play it a little bit, you know. Yeah. So Frank, we're going through your investment portfolio. Da, 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 da. You know, Frank, something that I know is incredibly important and and something that's near and dear to you that you know, frankly, we haven't spent much time talking about is your your business. Okay. Um, you know, what are your thoughts about one day exiting from that business? Have you given it any thought? What is your what are you, what's your timing? You know, to whom would you want to transfer the business? You know, gee, ballpark value. I mean, what what do you think it might be worth? Oh, I don't know. You know, and that's an opening to, I mean, one of the things that we offer at Equity Strategies Group is a, a complimentary marketability assessment. Because a lot of financial professionals we work with, you know, they will kick the door open. And, you know, but the demographics, the owners, the, your clients are aging up. We're all aging up. Okay. And they're they're having these thoughts. So once you have that conversation, it's, hey, well, where do I go with this now? Right. I don't want to just bring it up and it's a dead end. So, I mean, at, at Lincoln Financial Network, you know, we have put quite a bit of resources and support into this big business exit, you know, planning market. Um, we have our Business Intelligence Institute. We have Equity Strategies Group, of course, where we support our advisors. And for those who don't do this all the time, if it's not their specialty, I get it. You know, we often collaborate. Um, sometimes we'll work jointly with other advisors who are not experienced. Or in the case of Equity Strategies Group, you know, it's their client 100% in terms of the investments and everything else. And we can assist in the exit planning portion only and get involved and do a Zoom meeting or an in-person. I, mean, I talk to advisors in literally 50, all 50 states. I mean, this is a national initiative equity strategies group and not just lincoln advisors and not just lincoln advisors i mean most of the lincoln advisors because you know it's kind of the home team but you know the more i write books and the more i speak and do continuing education and write my newsletter you know it kind of gets out there and i do have people all over the country reach out to me and hey dan you know the joke is i got a guy right hey dan i got a guy i got a gal you know, they, they, they've owned this business. It's a great business. They're thinking about exiting. They don't know what it's worth. They don't know where to go with this. They've been approached. They they got an offer. You know, what should they do next? And, and I'm happy to have those conversations. And, you know, if we can add value and help and, you know, maybe maybe it just, you know, it's we have a talk and you go back and work with that client and maybe, you know, they pass it to their kids and everyone lives happily ever after. <laughs> or maybe it's, hey, you know, a, a, a transaction does make sense. And, you know, we have a platform of 20 different firms that specialize in different industries and different size and types of transactions. So, you know, we can help bring the right players to the table if and when a, a, a tra an exit transaction is is called for. So, so they can yeah. come to you. So they can come to Equity Strategies Group, right? Not not Lincoln, but they can come to Equity Strategies Group and hire you. Um, however, they hire where the client hires you. Did, did, the advisor, did the advisor hire you or the client hires you? Yeah, great question. So, you know, the marketability assessment, I think, is is the main or, or initial deliverable, right? So, Frank, you may come to me and say, hey, I got a guy, right? And he owns this business, he manufactures widgets, whatever he or she does. And we'll talk about it. And, 
I might suggest, well, let's let's do a Zoom or a Teams meeting, you know, with your client. I 100% respect this is your client relationship. I'm an invited guest. Let's ask and answer questions and see if I can help clarify your client's objectives, timings, desires, what they want to do. So we'll get a, a, a bunch of data and we'll prepare this complimentary marketability assessment, which I, I could easily justify, you know, billing you or your client eight, ten, twelve thousand dollars. I do it on a complimentary basis. And really it now becomes the centerpiece of, okay, you know, we think the business is worth based on all this Intel industry. We have computer databases. We have comparable sales. We have all kinds of what are the prevailing metrics, right? We think it's worth, you know, whatever, 23 to 25 million dollars. Now you and your client have this piece of data. And it's okay, what do we want to do next? I would never push someone to do something or to sell. We provide information, we provide options, we provide education. Should your client say, hey, yeah, you know what? That's that's acceptable. I want to do that and I want to do it now. Then I would introduce the best fit investment banker based on the industry your client is in, the size and type of transaction, to some extent geography. And, and now it's up to them to retain the investment banker, okay? And I help facilitate that conversation. Should they hire the investment banker, then we have a finder's fee relationship. And depending on your affiliation, perhaps we could share in that, but certainly 100% of any investments, insurance, whatever implementation comes as a result, that is 100% yours. Got it. Okay, so there's no cost for getting us involved. There's no fee to you. There's no fee to your client. You know, we just want to get a seat at the table. And at the end of our marketability assessment, delivery and so forth, should the client decide to move forward with some type of a transaction, we want to kind of bring the parties together. And then that's your client would retain our recommended investment banker. That's how it works, right? Yeah, as a financial advisor, I do work with clients one-on-one, and I'll get involved in the soup to nuts. And I'm not a big investment advisor. That's just not my specialty. I do get involved in family succession, estate planning, but I leave the investment advice to the experts, and that, that's not my wheelhouse. I, I, play, I play in this market. Awesome. Okay. Well, listen, this has been great. Um, I know we have uh, – I'm excited for the next next uh, uh, conversation we're going to have, which is going to be the five uh, five different exit paths that a business owner can take. Uh, so you need to tune into the next episode to, uh, to hear that one. But Dan, this was awesome. And again, it's a warning. And you made a comment. Uh, you you sort of talked about, I got a guy, right? I got a guy who has, who has an offer, right? You, you don't want to be that financial advisor that says, I have a client of mine that has an offer to sell their company because there's a high likelihood that you're probably not going to get the money that that advisor, that that client is getting because somebody else brought them the deal, right? Brought them the opportunity. You might get some of the money, but you're certainly not going to get the bulk of it versus you being the one that started the process or and was sort of jockeying the client through where you're going to get the bulk of the money. So don't be that guy don't or gal, right? That that their client comes to you and says, oh, I didn't know you could you could help me with that. Hey, oh, uh, I'm selling my business for $80 million. The worst thing you want to hear is right. yeah, a client says, I didn't know you did that. I right. didn't know you got involved in that. It's the right. worst thing you ever want to hear. That's the worst thing. And so I think, and that's that's the that's the sort of the 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 warning label, right? Is don't be that person. And 
you know, the worst thing a client can say when you bring up that type of conversation is, um, yeah, that's not something I'm interested in talking about right now. Thanks or whatever. Right. But at least now they know that it's something you can handle because your response to that is, Hey, listen, I appreciate that. And I certainly understand it's your, it's your baby. It's your life. You've built it and it's, you're passionate about all that other stuff. Just want you to know that if the conversation starts coming up or it starts creeping into your mind, I want you to know that I can help you through that process because you need someone that understands the full picture of your financial well-being in your family. I just want you to know I can help you with it. That's it. Like, you know, and they might and they'll go, okay, great, thanks. And, you know, because then one day, like a year from a year from there or two years from now, they may get that unsolicited offer. And then they're going to call you and say, Hey, some guy approached me. Can you help me with this? That's what you want. Exactly. And that happens more often than you think. You know, it, the, the client gets some kind of, again, air quotes, offer, and they come to their FA and say, hey, somebody offered me, uh, you know, $29 million. Should I take it? And the only good response is, it depends. We need to learn more. We need to dive in, you know. Uh, first of all, were you even thinking of selling? <laughs> you know, what 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 precipitated this? And then let's get into the offer, the value of the company, what your goals and objectives are. Well, structure, right? Because structure makes a huge difference because uh, structure God. can make the difference between, you know, a $5 million tax bill and a $10 million tax bill. Well, it's also scary. You know, the person who, who you know, makes this offer, so to speak, uh, they're asking you to open up the kimono. Right? Do you want to give up, you know, all these secrets and inside information? You you, may, you need to make sure you protect yourself because if that deal doesn't go through, they've got an awful lot of information. Yeah, and they could, and they could be, like you said, like a local competitor. You know, yeah, exactly. They could harm you in a lot of ways. So, yeah, yeah. It it's a super important conversation to have. The sooner, the better. Before anyone else gets in, or before your client makes a misstep. Um, they need to know that, you know, the old saying, uh, they, they don't, they don't, it doesn't matter how much you know, it, it's, it's how much you care. They right. need to know care and that you have access to resources and that you're there to help them through this highly emotional, largest financial transaction of their lives should they go down this path. Yeah. Hey, so if an advisor is listening to this and they want to, and they, and they got a guy, right? They got a, they got a client. Uh, they want to talk to you about it. How do they get in touch with you? Um, should I give out my phone number? Absolutely. <laughs> well, my phone number is 201-819-3911. You can go to equitystrategiesgroup.com and see all of our stuff. Equitystrategiesgroup.com. A lot of tools, a lot of material. I believe in put it all out there. I want to educate the financial advisory community. If we can help, terrific. If it helps you do something good with a client, I, I, I'm happy with that as well. So. Awesome. Okay. Awesome, Dan. Thank you very much. And uh, for everybody that uh, listened to the show, thank you for joining. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Share this uh, podcast with someone that you think might it might be helpful to. Um, and uh, we look forward to our next call. And uh, don't forget to tune in right away because we're going to have another one, which is going to be more uh, sort of um, more ideas in terms of educating you, making you sound much smarter than maybe you are on this topic on the different paths that a, that a uh, closely held business owner can take. So thanks a lot, Dan. Thank you, Frank. Thanks for listening to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. If you're looking for more advice or solutions on any topics in the financial services industry, 
or you just want to subscribe to our podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcasts.